All right, hello? Great. So, you ready? I am ready. Great. Hello? Henry, I have Brian, and just so you know, he is recording the interview. Okay, great. Hi, Brian. Hi, Henry. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Where, where, where in the country are you today? Uh, I'm in Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Oh, I wish I was there. I'm in Dallas, Texas, where the heat is at 110. Oh, my God. Brutal. <laughs> it is brutal. Uh, I've Los been Angeles. to Dallas in the summer, and it's rough. It's rough, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Just, I, I was in Los Angeles a few months ago, and I was just like, oh, can I just stay here for a little while longer? <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I'm very excited to talk with you about your film. Um, I, I have to say that Bloodline, um, I saw it at Fantastic last year. Oh, cool. And it was a midnight show. <laughs> I'll tell you an embarrassing story about it first, okay? Oh, so sure, I, wa- I walk into the screen. I had been seeing movies all day and everything. I walk in and I sit down with some friends. And not knowing that the whole row in front of me were all the cast and crew. And I said out loud, I hope this movie's not three and a half hours long. And then <laughs> one of the crew turned around and goes, it isn't. And then I realized, oh, my goodness. This is the cast and crew of the movie. And then I proceeded to just be on the edge of my seat through the whole film because I loved every minute of it. Oh, thank you so much. Well, well, yes, I am also glad that it's not three and a half hours long. I think, I think every movie should be 90 to 100 minutes. Oh, yeah, it's, it's good. There, there's a lot of long movies, but Bloodline was perfectly paced. And I just have to, I have to ask, like, Directing, did you do any, some cool research on like, uh, not say serial killers, but like, you know, kind of in the genre of where this character was to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when Avra and I were working on the script, we, we did a lot of research, um, both into sort of the, some of the psychological, the, the, the sort of science uh, in sort of on the, the DSM sort of descriptions, but also a lot of uh, histories of various serial killers. Um, there are a number of books about about psychopaths uh, that that we looked at. Um, there's one called The Psychopath Next Door, and there's one called The Psychopath Test. Um, and I think we were really interested in what what makes the transition from a psychopath, of, of which there are many, uh, you know, it's estimated that there's at least 1% of the population are psychopaths. Um, but what turns those people into serial killers? Uh, and it's usually trauma, uh, usually some childhood trauma that later becomes expressed either intentionally or unintentionally in a kill, and then that first kill sort of flips something in the way that, you know, the first shot of heroin flips, you know, somebody into becoming a, 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 an addict and where you're constantly kind of tasting that high, that feeling. And that that's what tends to lead to, you know, a quote-unquote MO, you know, that, that that serial killers typically have. And not not all do, but, but a lot do. And 
so we, you know, we did a lot of research on that and, and, and wanted to be as true as we could, knowing that we were also going to take certain liberties to, to make it more about family than we ne- than necessarily is, would be true to life. Uh, um, so obviously we took liberties as well, but yeah, to answer your question simply, yes, there was a, there was a lot of research that went into it. Yeah, because I find that the, all the research and all these people are so, so fascinating to me, and I all think a lot of these serial killers are actually geniuses. They just kind of went a different route with their genius. Mm-hmm. And um, with Sean um, William Scott's character, you know, some people would say, I don't know if you, people would say he's a serial killer or an anti-hero, but I kind of look at him almost as just a straight hero that he's, like, kind of taking out bad people, you know, or maybe helping others in a different kind of way than you would normally see. Did you come across anything like that when doing the movie of like struggling with where to take him? No, you know, I think we were pretty clear about, about where that character would go. You know, Sean was attached from the beginning. So there was, there was a lot of discussion that, that went into it as we were doing our rewrite. Um, and he did a lot of research as well. Um, you know, I don't know that I came across examples necessarily of serial killers doing good in the world, but it is it, it, it is very common among psychopaths to kind of create a personal ethics uh, where you kind of justify you know they justify their behaviors so what would you know what we would call deviant behaviors. Um, that don't that the rest of the world doesn't like he, the like they world. live by a code, kind of like John Wick. They all exactly. live by a code. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's 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 actually not uncommon. Um, and you know, I think in this character, we tried to create someone who used that to justify behavior that he wanted to and needed to. Uh, uh, you know um yeah so i know i like i know i loved it i I just like where it went and how the family dynamic was used visually as well as just like narratively as well um i just thought that was perfect thank you yeah you know i think um you know we, we did try to be as truthful as we could but also you know we wanted to be fun you know i think it's uh i think and I think you can approach, you know, it's interesting that you say that you think he's a hero because, you know, I think we absolutely want that. And I think Sean, both who he is and his persona, Sean William Scott, but also his performance does really draw you in. Um, and I it does. hope that, you know, that, that becomes, that, that actually takes you to a pretty dark place as a viewer when you start to think about your reaction to this character. Right. And I, you know, I was going to ask you, you know, being behind the camera and watching all this unfold and watching your characters unfold and you have Sean William Scott, who's, you know, a lot of people know him as comedy or action star, but then you see him in this really great turn. And you, I mean, just, I just got to ask, like, what was it like just watching him unfold and turn into this character, you know, on the spot? Because, <laughs> you know, even like the scene where he, um, there, there's a stabbing scene that is unbelievably good. 
<laughs> where it just goes on, and I think he looks like he's a character or a, a guy who's enjoying his work. Uh, yeah. Uh, what were you thinking when he's filming this and watching this? Oh, this is just so too good to be true, or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's, exactly. It was too good to be true. It, it was. It was. Um, it was a lot of fun. I mean, he was prepared from from you know minute one. He was. He was good to go. I mean, that's one advantage for, you know, making your first narrative film to having somebody like John who's, you know, I mean, aside from being an incredibly talented actor, he's he's a real truck, you know, and, and he was able to jump into this low-budget schedule that's very fast because he was so prepared. Um, and then, you know, in terms of like doing the really gory, dark stuff, he just loved it. He was having so much fun. And we, you know, because of that, we were having so much fun. I mean, he really, even when we were working on the script, he was constantly saying like darker, darker, darker. You know, he kept on wanting to make it as fucked up as possible and, uh, and, you know, loved horror movies yet endless conversation. Um, and so, you know, across the board, it was, it was a lot of fun. And, the set felt, you know, it was never like a dark set. It was always really, everybody was always having a really good time, including Sean, and, and that made it, you know, that made it fun for us. That's great, and I have to give you props to the uh, practical effects and for the actual throat slicing. Like instead of just a standard throat slicing, you went into the middle and came yeah. outwards, and that was yeah. Thank God, no, finally. <laughs> Totally. You know, what's funny is that, um, and I don't know if you were there for the, the Q&A, but the, 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 my, um, uh, you know, makeup effects team are, um, a married couple, uh, you know, they're, they're a company called Russell Effects with uh, Josh and Sierra Russell. And, you know, the first time I met with them, I, I described what I wanted to do. I was like, you know, look, you know, movies are always like, you always do this sort of splash. And what I really want to do is like have the knife go in and then like pull out towards camera so like blood kind of flies out. And I was like, is that possible? Is that something we can do? And they were like, yes, we've always wanted to do that, but no one's ever asked us to. Um, so, you know, they were totally on board to get as, as dark. And, and, you know, it was always like, it was always like, you know, they would always say, well, so how much blood do you want? I'd say, as much as you can give me. Just keep it coming. <laughs> um, so it was, it was, uh, you know, they were great and they did such incredible work. I mean, I, I think I was so lucky. That I, I, you know, I think their effects are, are great and we do, you know, there's a lot of physical effects and we really rely on it. Um, and it works, I think. Right, right. Um, it, it really does. I just love the practical effects, and it's just, it's, it's like a perfect balance into not over the top into not enough. It's just like right. It's, it's like that perfect middle ground where it's like, it, oh, I, I, I just loved it. I, I can't uh, highly praise it enough. Um, and I, they'll be happy to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, um, it, so it seems like this character in this world you've built, it just seems like it's right for more story to be told. Is there any, uh, did you ever have any more stories like you would want to explore in any other medium, uh, with this character? I mean, yeah, let's do the sequel. 
uh, you know, Bloodline 2, The Rise of Andrew. Let's see what happens to that kid. Yes. Um, for sure. No, I mean, we, there, there haven't been any, any discussions about, about doing anything else specifically with that character, but certainly, uh, the themes in that, in that movie are, are things I'm sure I'll return to, and even on some of the things that I'm working on, um, you know, developing now, uh, are, are there, you know, um, uh, you know, Avra and I are, are working on a new script that, that deals with family, uh, in a pretty dark, dark way, uh, so. So yeah, I, I, in that sense, I do think I'll return to the subject matter. Oh, I'm looking forward to it as well. Um, and my last question, last fun little question. Uh, obviously, you're a, a big fan of these movies. Uh, what are some scenes, certain scenes from movies that have always stuck with you uh, throughout growing up that you still think about today? Certain scenes from movies. Oh, man. Um so many. I, I think, you know, in relation in relation to this movie, you know, somebody that we thought about and looked at a lot was Brian De Palma, early early kind of De Palma movies. And you know, I think uh there's that wonderful scene in Body Double where he's kind of on the set, you know, uh watching her do the, the, the sort of seductive dance. You get the split diopter stuff that's happening there. That's always stuck with me. Um, you know, I think, wow, that's, that's a, that's a big question. I mean, I could answer that. I could answer that for hours. Um, yeah. It's, it's like a conversation you could have later on. Yeah. Like, an email because like, you know, what, like, certain scenes that like just come to mind off the top is something like, you know, the spud getting a, doing the job interview in train spotting, you know, that always, you know, that's just the perk scene does what we all want yeah. in an interview. <laughs> um, uh, totally. I think, you know, I mean, one thing that, that is, uh, you know, video drone is one of my all time favorite movies, the Cronenberg film. And, and there's a scene where he's like making out with the TV, the lips on that, that kind of pulsate out of the TV yeah, I mean, this, this could go on. We could, we're definitely gonna run out of time talking about, about this subject, but I'm always, always down to. Right. And I thank you, uh, for talking to me about Bloodline. I really hope to see at some point a big, uh, Criterion Collection release of this movie. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't hold your breath, but, <laughs> but yeah, that would be great. <laughs> that would be good. But thank you so much. Enjoy uh, the rest of your evening and the weekend, and I can't wait to watch Bloodline again. Thank you, Brian. Great to talk to you. All right. Great to talk to you. Thank you.